Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode number 63 of ADHD for Smartass Women. And I am going to start by reading an Apple podcast review from MS Kelly W. I am so appreciative for your review, MS Kelly W., and so I want to acknowledge it. Here goes. The title is So Thankful for This Podcast. I just discovered I have ADHD at age 41, and I'm so, so grateful that one of the first resources I came across was this podcast. As soon as I started reading about ADHD in adult women, I knew it was the answer I'd been searching for my entire life, but wasn't sure what a diagnosis would mean for me going forward. Finding Tracy has helped me see that in addition to its challenges, ADHD is also the source of many of my greatest strengths. With her guidance, I'm already starting to develop effective workarounds for the things that challenge me, and I'm learning to harness my scattered energy and direct it into actually creating solid plans for some of the tens of thousands of ideas that flow through my brain daily. We are ideation machines, aren't we? Thank you so much, Tracy. That last part was my comment, by the way. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tracy. She has three exclamation points. This podcast has been a life changer for me, exclamation point again. MS Kelly W., thank you so much for the gold stars. We are almost at 200 reviews for the podcast, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so today I was planning on doing a podcast about the benefits of creativity to the ADHD brain. I noticed that in our group, so many women talk about the fact that they knit or crochet or do some sort of needlework. So I did a little poll to see if I was imagining things. And lo and behold, 124 women came forward and said that they do do things like knitting and crocheting and some form of needlework. 23 said they did not. So that prompted some more research on knitting and crocheting specifically, and I discovered that the repetitive action of needlework, it actually releases serotonin, 
and other feel-good chemicals, which can put you into a meditative state similar to meditation or yoga. It can also lower your heart rate and blood pressure and reduce levels of that big bad stress hormone called cortisol. This creates new neural pathways in your brain, and it helps us to become more relaxed. There's something about using both hands, I guess because it's hard work for the brain, we have to pay attention to what we're doing. So in essence, knitting kind of distracts our brain so we can stop that incessant thinking. Now, in my podcast, I have one about exercise, and we talked about exercises, some forms of exercise such as dance or martial arts, that they do the same thing. So when I got to the part about reducing levels of the stress hormone cortisol and creating new neural pathways in our brains, I realized that, you know what? I need to do a podcast on how complaining, venting, and feeling sorry for yourself and playing the victim is the gateway drug to an unhappy life that puts you at the mercy of your ADHD, meaning you're completely focused on your weaknesses and not your strengths, and that is going to make you miserable. So in true ADHD fashion, you know, we have those nonlinear brains, I'm going to slam on the brakes and I'm going to go in a different direction. And I've got to talk about this first because I think it is more important than anything. And I'll come back later, I promise, with the ADHD and needlework knitting podcast. I actually found an expert in this area. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I try to get her on the podcast instead of it just being me? So if I can start by giving you a little bit more of a frame of reference. By now, you probably know that we have a Facebook group called ADHD for Smartass Women. It's actually A asterisk asterisk because Facebook won't let us use the actual word. And, you know, this Facebook group is wonderful. It's growing so fast, though, that it's really hard to stay on top of things. Someone told me that once you get to 5,000, everything blows up. And that's kind of what's been happening. And so we've been going through some growing pains, and I started to hear things from some of the members along the lines of, Tracy, there's too much complaining in this group. You know, this is basically what you didn't want. And I started to see things like, I can't do X, Y, or Z because of my ADHD being posted in the group rather than, hey, this might be harder for me to do because of my ADHD, but this is my workaround to get it done. So what I decided to do last week is I decided to set some new rules around venting and complaining and talking about everything that's going wrong when we're posting in our group. Look, I get it. Everyone needs some BMW, bitch, moan, and wine. But in my mind, it needs to be limited to five minutes, and then we need to figure out what we are going to do to get ourselves out of it. I don't want to be contributing to people's poor mental health. And the reality of it is that our ADHD brains are really good at ruminating. By the way, there are several podcasts on rumination and RSD, why we tend to ruminate, what we can do about it. Rumination is when you dwell repetitively on negative thoughts. And there is science behind the fact that when we ruminate, we deepen the grooves in our brains, which controls our fight or flight response. And we also increase our levels of bad neurochemicals, such as cortisol, bing, 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 that stress hormone, right? What you say to yourself matters. And I suspect that if we sat down and we went through all of your experiences all of your beliefs, much of it is probably a story that you're telling yourself. And I get that you believe it, 
But if we sat down, I bet you it's not even facts what you are basing your beliefs on. So I made a comment in the Facebook group on live video that a few of our members took issue with, and they told me so. (laughs) And the comment was that there are plenty of groups where all people do is lament their ADHD with no forward movement. And this wasn't going to be one of those places. You know, what I realized that happens in the group, well, first of all, you need to understand that our brains are sticky. And so we have, for every one bad thing that we see, We need five things to counterbalance that. We tend to go for the bad stuff, right? That's just how our brains are wired. It's, you know, has to do with the lizard brain and keeping us out of danger. You've all heard that story before. So what I noticed is that one person in the group, one woman would post something where it was just this huge vent, you know, this huge rant. They would even state that that's what it was right at the very top. And because our brains go for the bad, everybody globbed onto that and added their bad as well. And so what were we doing? We were just increasing all the negative emotion. And this wasn't helping anyone feel better about their ADHD or get better with their ADHD. So anyway, I made a comment that a few of our members took issue with. What I was told was my approach to ADHD, my group, probably this podcast, was ableism. And between you and me, I had to look that up because I wasn't even sure what they were talking about. So ableism is discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities or those who are perceived to have disabilities. And I was also told that my use of the word high functioning was elitist. One member commented that she didn't want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an entrepreneur. So let me start out by telling you what high functioning means to me. I know that functional labels, first of all, are disliked in the autistic community, and so my sense is that that's where those comments have come from. But again, this is about ADHD, right? It's not about autism. We do have some members with autism in our group, but this is first and foremost about ADHD. And I should mention, they're always welcome. So anyway, high functioning to me means that you understand your ADHD brain. You recognize your strengths and you use them daily and you're in the right environment. You're in the right relationships. You're in the right career. You're in the right job and you are living to your full potential. It has nothing to do with being a doctor, a lawyer, or an entrepreneur. Now, don't fool yourself because meaningful work is important to all of our well-being, but meaningful work certainly has nothing to do with being a doctor, a lawyer, or entrepreneur unless that kind of work is actually meaningful to you. Bottom line, I just love being around other women who are smart and funny and interested in building each other up instead of tearing each other down. And consequently, they love their life and what they're doing. That's it. And I don't care if you're not yet high functioning. What I care about is that you want to be. And what I care about is that you think there's a pathway for you to get there. You all know my beliefs around ADHD from this podcast. I don't believe it's a disorder. I believe it's a brain difference. I believe that those who struggle with ADHD the most are the ones who believe that they are defective and disordered. I have met so many ADHD women at this point that I am completely confident in saying that I have never met an ADHD woman who wasn't brilliant at something. We are not disordered. 
We just think differently. And it's our abilities around ideation, remember, being able to come up with ideas that are central to our ADHD brains. We have nonlinear brains. We don't go from point A to point B to point C and end up neatly at point Z. No, we go from point D to point Y, back to point C, and then did you ever think about taking half of point Q and then one quarter of point V and then adding in point A? That's how we do it. And of course, no one else thought about that, but we did. And look at what we've created. Something brilliant, something new, something cutting edge. Hello, Richard Branson. So my belief is that our brains are special. They often don't work in the linearly developed school system. And that is when many of us really start to struggle. And we also start learning how not to trust ourselves, which is when we really go off the rails. And our bodies know this. So no wonder they're sounding off alarms that look like depression and anxiety. We're creatives. We're smart, both in conventional and unconventional ways. And honestly, I believe we're responsible for most of the ingenuity we've seen in art, business, and entrepreneurialism. Look, I get that there are some symptoms of ADHD that suck. And between you and me, I would personally be thrilled if medication worked for me. I would love to become an expert at planning. I wish I wasn't time blind. I would love to get into bed at a reasonable hour every night. And you know what? Sometimes there is definitely too much chatter going on in my brain. I get that we can all use more resources. I get that we can all use more help. But the flip side to all of this, all of the things that we do struggle with are amazing strengths. And the ADHD brain is completely demotivated by negative emotion and motivated by positive emotion. This means that you're going to feel better if you can learn how to focus more on that which is working than on that which isn't. Quite simply, what we focus on, it just gets bigger. The more good stuff we focus on, the more good stuff we notice. If you're constantly noticing all the things that you can be grateful for, you realize just how good your life really is. And I challenge you to try this because I know for a fact that if you're listening to this and you're miserable, you're looking at your life through the lens of everything that isn't working. You are playing the victim in your life. You need to be playing the hero. How many more studies do we need to see that tons of money and perfect health and heaps of education, all that stuff we think we need, it really doesn't make people any happier. What makes people happier, what makes ADHD people happier is a shift in their mindset. Look, if you expect bad things to happen to you, instead of adopting the attitude that, gee, look, bad things happen to everyone, I guess it's my time, then you start thinking that you're the only one, that the world is literally gunning for you, that everyone hates you, that everyone is out to disappoint you, that everyone will disappoint you, that people are evil. This is not true. I'm telling you that long-term venting and complaining, again, it's the gateway drug that leads to a lot of unnecessary unhappiness because what happens is that no matter what the situation is, you're going to look for the worst case scenario. And when you find it, when you look for it, guess what? That's what you're going to see. 
And I know that if you've been doing this for a while, it's not easy not to do it. But I also know that you can work your way out of it with some simple strategies. Literally start with a gratitude journal. Every morning, you write three things before you get out of bed that you're grateful for. And you may have to start with things that are so basic, things like, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that the sun is shining. I'm grateful that I just heard a bird chirp. But you know what? That's a start. And then every night when you go to bed, you're going to write down five things that happened during your day that you are grateful for. Because you know what's going to happen is during the day, you're going to start looking for those things to be grateful for. You're going to start looking for those things that you can write down. And when you start noticing things to be grateful for throughout the day, you're going to discover that many of these things have happened all the time, but you've never even noticed them. Because guess what? What we focus on grows. Have I said that enough times? And this is the crazy part. Science tells us you don't even have to choose what you're grateful for. Just trying to come up with things, thinking about what you could be grateful for, that is enough to fire all those good neurochemicals. Don't get yourself sucked into the victim trap. You're giving up your power. You're giving up your own happiness. Bad stuff happens to everyone, not just you. It's your reaction to the bad stuff that matters the most. And guess what? Good stuff, great stuff, that happens to everyone too. But you have to be able to see it to know that it's out there, that it's good stuff. And if you're over there viewing everything in your life through gray colored glasses, you're never going to see all that is wonderful and good in your life right now. And this isn't all wooey, the secret stuff. There's science behind it all. Mindfulness works especially well for the ADHD brain. That's what we're talking about here. I also believe there's no such thing as failure. You either get what you wanted or you learn. And you know what? Sometimes the learning is even better because it leads to something so much richer than what you initially thought you wanted when you started out. What else makes us happier? Well, number one, self-awareness. Learning why you do what you do. What you do, the quirky way you do things, that is not a character flaw. It is how your brain works. Number two, greater self-appreciation. Learning what your strengths are. Knowing that we love gold stars. We love encouragement and appreciation. And when that's present, we thrive. So it is so important for us to be in the right environment. We also need to learn how to celebrate our successes and what we do brilliantly. You know, my son is a lot like I am. Remember, we're both ADHD. And I still remember for my 18th birthday, I was in college and I was so depressed about the fact that I was turning 18. I remember telling a friend, she looked at me like, what is wrong with you? They wanted to go out and celebrate. And she looked at me and I said to her, this is what my ADHD brain came up with. Well, now that I'm 18, I'm an adult. So if I killed someone, I would definitely have to go to prison literally. And so my son was turning 18 this past weekend. And of course, just like me, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to celebrate. I think we realize how we have no command over time. And so time goes by so quickly. And so even at a young age, we realize that there's this panic around being able to do everything that we want to do. And this, this feeling that 
it just moves too fast. You know, we're getting old and we're running out of time. And so I see that in my son. And so he told me, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to celebrate. And so my thought was, I am not letting you go through your 18th birthday. And if someone asks you, what did you do for your 18th birthday? You can't even remember anything. I am going to do something. And so we invited his friend, didn't tell him, of course, because he would have balked for sure. Wouldn't have allowed it, would have complained. And so we invited one of his best friends over. And my son loves anything. You know, he's a quarter Japanese, but he's so proud of his Japanese heritage. He knows everything <laughs> about the Japanese culture. And so we ended up renting two hotel rooms in Japantown in San Francisco, took them there for the weekend. He wanted to go have Korean barbecue for dinner. You know, nothing I would have chosen for sure, but he was happy as a clam. And the fact that we did that, I think, meant a lot to him. It wasn't a big, huge, splashy party. You know, from the time my kids were little, we had big, huge birthday parties. It's my forte. I love doing it. We spent a lot of time, energy, and money on experiences, not stuff. And I always felt like birthdays were really important. So that's what we did for his 18th birthday. I wanted him to celebrate. He's had an incredible year. And I wanted him to really focus on that and celebrate the achievements that he made in his 17th year and then going into his 18th year. Okay, what else makes us happier? I am so sorry, I digressed. Number three, knowing who we are, what we value, and learning how to stand our ground, not worrying so much about fitting in and making everyone happy. You know, running this podcast in my Facebook group, I've realized that I am all about inclusion. I don't like to be told what to do, so I don't like to tell other people what to do. I like lots of opinions around me, and I'm always looking and trying to learn. If there's a disagreement with someone, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what do I not know? Or what do they not know where we can figure out where's the bridge that we can gap this disagreement? Because of this, though, my boundaries can be really fluid. But as all of this grows and gets bigger, the podcast, the Facebook group, you know, my platform, I have really been challenged to step up and really be clear in myself about who I am, what I want, what I believe, and who I want to be around. And then I have, I've really had to learn how to clearly state it. And you know what? You are no different than me. You need to do this too. So in that vein, I want to tell you one more story that kind of prompted all of this and this, this need that I have today to just state it in black and white. So there was a young woman in our Facebook group and she was having a bad day and she posted about everything that was wrong with her life career-wise. And she, at the beginning, actually said it felt like a perpetual cycle. And she talked in detail, step by step, how this cycle played out every time she had a new opportunity. And you could tell how smart she was because she had thought this all through down to the minutest of details. Ultimately, no matter how hard she tried, it was the same story over and over. And it was a story of failure. And the thing that really impacted me was just how clear her story was. She had rehearsed this over and over again. I'm not sure if she had rehearsed it out, um, you know, in writing. I don't know if she talked about it, but she had definitely rehearsed it over and over again in her mind. And I'm certain that when she wrote it all out, she really, truly believed it. But the last line in her post was, 
that she was asked for advice on breaking the cycle. And for me, I personally read her post and it kind of flattened me because it was so overwhelmingly focused on her weaknesses. And that means that I missed the part at the end where she asked for advice on breaking the cycle. In my brain, I just assumed that all she wanted to do was vent and complain. But instead of running from her post and just wishing it would all go away like I've done with so many like it, you know, we have this idea that, well, if we just ignore it, then it didn't happen. This time I decided not to do that. I decided to respond. And in all honesty, I thought she wouldn't respond back or that she'd be completely offended in her response back to me. I thought that this is DNA or trauma speaking and you can't fix this. People are just the way they are. But there was this little voice in my head that said, but what if you can? What if you're not right, Tracy, and they're not like that? What if your honesty was the thing that helped this particular young woman to come to a new realization that enabled her to start to change her life. And, you know, I say all the time, if you believe you can or can't, you're right. I knew what would help her. And so that little voice in my head was saying, take a chance. So I did. And I didn't hold back. I told her what I just talked to you about. I even used the word victim. So it took her a couple of days to respond, and honestly, I just initially thought, she's not going to respond. But her response changed me and my beliefs. So I'm going to read some of her response. Okay, holy moly, Tracy. I had to take a moment to digest all of this. First of all, thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to respond with all of this. It truly means more than I can say. So thank you for getting me on the right track with nothing but your presence and input. Secondly, I've always had a hesitancy to believe the whole what we focus on gets bigger. I've sort of come to associate it with the all positivity BS of the likes of the secret. But the way you put it within the context of an ADHD brain and how thinking on the better stuff can actually actively fuel being better, as in feeling better than doing better, etc., has helped me to reopen that belief box. So one of the things that I commented on initially in her post was this young woman had talked about how she, you know, is constantly taking other people's advice, but it just, you know, it just makes it worse. And I had said to her, well, you're ADHD. We don't take other people's advice. That never works out well because their advice doesn't apply to us. So this was her response. Regarding taking advice, thank you for calling me out because it's given me permission to not feel bad about the fact that I have a really hard time taking advice because it usually doesn't apply to me constructively. Hell yes, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Here's to continuing my path as difficult as it has been sometimes to trusting myself in all caps. And I will ask myself about those strengths and supports. Thank you again, Tracy. You have definitely given me a place to hit, ready, set, go from. You're a rock star and a role model for many young women like me. This young woman's response changed my beliefs, and one of them was my belief around my own power and abilities. She allowed me to see that I can have a much bigger impact than I originally thought I ever could. 
And I almost didn't even try because I had my own set of beliefs. Her post and my response to it and the subsequent stand that I took in my group forced me to be clear in myself about who I am, what I want, what I believe, and who I want to be around. But that wasn't enough. I also had to learn how to clearly state it for the world to hear. I had to draw a line and hear myself tell you who I am and who I'm not, what I stand for and what I don't. You know, we can't ever make everyone happy. And the minute we try to do that, try to be everything to everyone, we're not being true to ourselves. And that's exactly when we water our brilliance down. And guys, I'm no exception. I am constantly checking myself. And I wish that for you as well. Thank you, Heather, for the amazing lesson. So that's what I have for you for this week. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too can discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, they really help in that regard. For me, they're like those little gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids. One more thing, if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and leave me an audio message or reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.